All right, guys, uh, welcome back to the MC Podcast. Uh, I am not Mark Kirk, as if you've ever listened to our episodes, as you would know. Uh, my name is Andrew Crabtree. I am guest podcasting. I'm pinch hitting, you will say, for uh, for Mark Kirk. Um, you may recognize me from every other week. I do a segment on this podcast called Telling Our Stories, so I'll plug that a little later. But for right now, I am... Uh, I'm guest hosting the MC podcast with my father, Lynn Crabtree. Hi, Andrew. I'll call you. I'll call you Dad on the podcast. So if anybody hears me say Dad, this is my father, Lynn. So, so Dad, um, you've been on the podcast several times with Mark. Yes, but your first time with me. Yes. So you can tell me later uh, if I was better or worse than Mark. And if you say I was worse than Mark, we'll just edit that out, and and I will know for myself. Yeah, it's no problem. I can lie right through that. Fine. <laughs> um. So, so we're in the middle of summer here. When this episode comes out, it'll probably be uh, knocking on the door of August, if not, you know, early August. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's been going on around here? What's what's the the warm months of the year? What are we doing around here? Most important thing that we're doing right now, Cullen is doing with uh, with his leadership in the nurseries, one here and one up at uh, uh, north and east of St. Louis. Uh, they've got their crews out there right now, and and uh, they're making new hybrids. And uh, so all of the work that uh, that they have done during the winter where they are lining up their best predictions for some of the new crosses and and, uh, and blowing up some materials and those kind of things, we've got several acres of nursery out right now that's uh, that's very critical and in approaching the uh, the end game there. But that's been uh, that's been absolutely uh, on the uh, radar in terms of things that are that are really happening and very important. So you know our future relies on Andrew, as you well know, uh, us being able to stay out on the cutting edge of of uh, innovation and uh, creativity and and developing hybrids that are more livestock energy efficient. And so that's the goal there. Um, the other things have been a lot of a lot of training going on. A lot of uh, been some new new folks that have that have come into uh, uh, come alongside us and are handling our corn. And uh, so a uh, lot of lot of training, a lot around the country. Folks are gone a lot. A lot of vehicles out. It seems like uh, when we when we got into this business, you know, ten twelve years ago, there was we we called it almost like the off season. There was a downtime that that some somewhere around now you know, late spring, end of selling season, there was kind of a lull where you could catch your breath and it was this nice little rejuvenating time where everybody scheduled vacations and there's not really any more downtime. It's it's 12 months a year right now, I feel like. You know, seriously, I'm not fun in here. I, I remember, I, I we talk about that, but I don't remember it now. It seems like it's been so long ago, I don't remember it. It's, it's just going, that. just kind of, a, kind of a blur. We just keep... Uh, we just keep running from one uh, uh, from one important thing to the next, and so uh, fun though. It is fun. So um, we're we're in an, in a so you kind of mentioned a second ago we're in this kind of livestock sector of of the industry, mm-hmm. and amongst that sector, there's kind of been some disruption and some uh, the the future might look a little different to us today than maybe it did a few years ago in the livestock industry, specifically dairy. Um, combine combine some things that are going on there with, you know, Monsanto and Bayer merging to be Bayer, um, Syngenta, Kim China merging, you know, in, into a new company, and and Dow and Dupont merging. What what do you broad strokes and we'll and we'll work our way to more particulars. Broad strokes right now. What what's uh, what is the future of the industry? The immediate future, the long term future look like. Uh, after some of those things have happened, then, then maybe we were looking at the future of the ag industry even a few years ago. 
the thing that the thing that affects me most, and of course, I'm I'm getting up at the tail end of my career, and you know, getting closer to retirement, and believe it when I see it. And uh, um, the it, it's it's sad to me. I mean, you know, we um, um, you know, I, I guess it's okay for me to be opinionated. Sure. Uh, this is our podcast, but you know, the all of the uh, the mom and pop stores that I remember, you know, that. Uh, that provided uh, hardware or appliances or or lumber or you know have been replaced by Walmart and Lowe's and you know and, and even and, Amazon and and now you know exactly uh, we we don't we don't even leave the house to order things so you know the you know everything has changed the way that we do business has changed the way that we shop has changed um, so much about our economy has changed our our patterns our culture our you know, our, our, our social presence. I mean, it, it's all changed, and in my lifetime has been quite a, quite a change. So in the livestock arena, you know, I think we saw the same kind of, of uh, consolidation in swine and poultry, you know, after some difficult years um, that we're now seeing in, in, uh, in dairy and, and some in, in beef and, and beef feedlots. So, um it, it's sad to me because I, I hated to see the mom-and-pop appliance store close down. I hated to see the, the mom-and-pop uh, um, radio um, electronics business close down, you know, the grocers and, and the lumber yards. I hated to see that. Uh, and, and so those, those types of consolidations have happened. They're happening in the rest of the industry, and now they're happening as, as it filters through um, – as it filters through to the to, to agriculture and to the farm, are we seeing are we seeing some similar consolidations in dairy right now that we've saw previously maybe in in the pork industry? Yeah, the swine industry. Yeah, no, it's bigger players. Uh, we we all know that um, size of operations getting bigger. The statistics will all show that. Um, you know, uh, there's uh, there's no question that that is happening. Um, you know, we ha- we have to be a um, a, a reasonable economic-sized unit, the universities tell us, to be able to succeed today, you know, to have a potential to succeed today. Uh, there's, still, there's still, to me, um, uh, a lot of things that, that the family farm can do, you know, that uh, besides just grow, to be efficient and to stay in business. I think, that we're, I think that we're missing a lot of areas where we can be a little more efficient. And I think that uh, where we have relied on on um, ourselves and our own ingenuity, you know, and, 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 and doing some things the way that dad and grandpa used to do them, you know, to even making a few changes on our, on our own, I think there's a lot more that can be done. So what and, are some of those areas, specifically on dairies, that, that guys can be a little more efficient and maybe without growing the size of their operation, they can be a little more sustainable? Well, one of the things that, one of the things that guys are promoting when they're out doing training for us right now is, is, a, is, a, is kind of a numbers thing that, uh, that 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 I played out, you know. I mean, if you have if you have forage Super Bowl quality corn silage that you know that's uh, that's yielding 3,700 pounds of milk per ton versus the versus the country average of 3,200 pounds of milk per ton, that's worth that's worth several hundred dollars an acre for every acre of corn that you're harvesting. Several hundred dollars, or maybe even approaching a thousand dollars an acre difference in the silage that you're producing in terms of the milk yield that you'll get from that, you know, uh, is, is, uh, is, is an amazing thing. And so, you know, I mean, um, 
that's that's one of the things that's near and dear to us, is if you know, from our, from our side of the business. But finance, you know, how over leveraged are we? You know, I mean, with all of the new, you know, innovations and things that are going on and that the big guys are doing, I think a lot of times we feel forced as a smaller unit to be able to adopt some of those things. And maybe we can, maybe we can't afford them. But where does that put you financially? How how leveraged are you? And uh, not just advances too, but feeling that pressure for expansion and adding to your herd and adding acreage too. Equipment needs, you know, how many dollars worth of equipment do we have per acre that we're farming? I mean, there's a whole lot of things that are going on. Um, health, you know, cow health, still such a huge thing on the farm today. What's your culling rate, you know, on your herd makes a big difference in terms of your overall profitability. Uh, so, you know, guys are forced to make a decision, you know, about what they're going to do. And I don't know that there's a right and wrong one. It's just that, it's just that, uh, efficiency moves are just absolutely necessary because um, times are tight, you know, and it's caused those kind of, it's caused those kind of measures. So um, where, where does, where does the, uh, where do the big producers get the backing, you know, to be able to come in if there's not some optimism on the horizon, you know, to be putting money into a big operation, uh, which there seems to be. So it's, it's, you know, it's out there. Optimism's out there. We don't, we don't need to be, I mean, to be negative about everything that's going on, but it's definitely changing, and we have to admit that, and we have to accept that, and we have to then turn around and make the decisions that are necessary to keep us playing. Uh, shifting a little bit out of dairy, um, but, you know, I just read the other day that the Bayer-Monsanto merger is kind of very nearing a close, close enough that they're not going, you know, no, no more doing business under the name of Monsanto anymore. Everything um, is under the, the, the name of Bayer. So, you know, the, the Syngenta Kim China thing closed like last year, Monsanto's this year, and, you know, we're right on the cusp of Dow DuPont. What do those mergers, what kind of effect is that going to have as a trickle down to, to independent seed companies and, to, and even on the consumer level? I mean, good and bad. I mean, I, I don't know how I phrased that question, but, you know, some of those companies merging could create opportunity and, and could create uh, a better situation um, for the farmer. I think one thing we have to accept is that, is that when decisions are made, it is, it, it is likely to affect you one way or another, to some degree positively or to some degree negatively. What we need to, we need to understand is that every time we're faced with those things, we need to try to figure out how to allow it to affect us positively. So if, 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 a, if, if this event is coming down, if these consolidations are coming down, and it looks like a threat to an independent seed company, you know, some people's idea, you know, to success is to, is to join the big companies and, and, and allow the pull through to, to, to help keep you and sustain you. Uh, other, other, others are going to um, go it alone and... Um, and, and, and compete against them. One of the biggest things that, that, in my opinion, that they're going to be able to offer up is they're involved in so many aspects of agriculture. And they're going to be able to provide from one source so many of the farmer's needs. And that, that's probably going to, you know, as we talk, as we begin to, to, to research that, I mean, we're talking about bundling of some sort or another, which they're going to have the opportunity to be able to present. So um, that, that can narrow the focus, that can narrow the options. 
you know, that a farm's got out here uh, with those kind of things going on. And, and uh, um, fewer choices are rarely good. Sure. Along the line of, of future choices, one of the other things I kind of wanted to, to have you talk about was, uh, so specifically in, in our industry being corn, corn genetics um, in the hands of, of fewer companies, genetics are harder to come by. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of talk about how, in your mind, you know, what's the future of, of, of plant genetics, corn genetics specifically, and, and how can... How can we work to kind of diversify genetics outside of just the control of, of the big three? And how, and how important of a role are, are genetics going to play in the future? Are we looking at, you know, everything similar genetics and we're, we're diverse, you know, we're, we're, we're selecting traits? Or, you know, what kind of a future do we still have for, for plant breeding and selections? And there, there is way, way too much similarity with the, uh, with the plant genetics that are out there today in, in our field and corn genetics. Uh, they're, they're way too similar. They have been for, for many years. Uh, it's, it's, if it's anything, it's worse now than it ever was. Um, I mean, if we look back and we think about some of the issues where, where much of the country was, was hit hard with, with certain disease pressures, uh, that's, that's generally associated with similar genetics, you know, that, 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 that became affected by, um, about, by those things and they infected in a negatively way, negative way. That, that, that same potential is out there today. I mean, there's going to be, there's going to be the opportunity, the potential for, for great damage with similar genetics in, and how can a farm get out there and find those things which are different and, and be able to spread that risk. That's a challenge these days. You know, you've got to find some independents that still have, um, that still have uh, a genetic base that competes, you know, in that market arena today. We, we like, we like what we have in that regard. We think that that, you know, helps to set us apart. Um, but um, um, for the average for the average guy out there trying to figure out what is and isn't similar, dissimilar, uh, it's that's a hard that's a hard that's uh, a hard find to make. Um, in terms of genetics, um, are we entering a future where where more of that is is based on selections, or are we entering a future where more of that's uh, more of a gene editing and gene mapping scenario. I think that we're going to be able to. I think science is really entering into this field in a in a in a very rapid way. I doubt if most farmers are quite aware of of how quickly that that is, how, how quickly that is happening. Uh, DNA editing and marking and and uh, and uh, and gene editing is is, um, is is going on in in every phase with most species, and um, it's uh, it's something that's going to change the change the landscape considerably. And, uh, but it's just, it's just speeding up the processes, you know, it's just allowing, allowing that's doing the same things that selections are doing. You're just, you don't have to wait for a full crop cycle to make a selection. Right. So you're seeing, you're finding some of those things that may be different that we're attracted to today. And maybe that will help us to quick, more quickly get some diversification back into the crop. I'm hoping that that's true. Um, is that something, you know, that's accessible to, to independent, small independent companies or is that something that? Okay, something that we're engaged in. Yes. Well, is there anything else that you could say as we kind of the the I just you know to me it feels like there's a precipitous change in the future of ag. You know, when I started in this industry, maybe it looked one way, and in, in in the last few years, uh, it's kind of taken a a bit of a correction. Is there anything that you can can tell our listeners that would be um, kind of your advice for navigating the waters of 
of a new era. I think if there's ever been a time when we need to, we need to 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 make sure that we're not doing the things that we're doing because we've always done them that way before, uh, as as a pattern for our uh, for our actions. Um, things are changing so rapidly. We've got to be willing to make the changes with them. Uh, we've got to see things for what they are, and we've got to look for the opportunities that are in them. And uh, not good and bad, there's going to be opportunities. You know, um, the Great Depression was a sad thing for most people, but it was a great opportunity for a few. You know, and so uh, whatever the situation is, regardless of regardless of what's happening out there, there's opportunities for us, and we need to be looking for those. But it's going to be fine. We're going to find them in different different places than we found them before. Well, sounds good. Thank you so much, podcast audience, for taking the time to, uh, to give our episode a listen. Um, Mark Kirk will be back in two weeks. Next week, you can hear me again on the Telling Our Stories uh, podcast, where I'm kind of doing a project where I just want you to be introduced to all the employees at Master's Choice and who we are as people. Uh, we tell some stories. Sometimes they're funny, but you get to see a little bit of the, the personality because I think it's important if you're going to do business with us to know who we are. And uh, I haven't hit any of our personalities yet, but I'm not saying I wouldn't. Um, so if you're listening to this and you're an MC employee and you don't get the invitation, you know why. Um, but like always, if you uh, just loved this episode so much and you can't get enough of our content, uh, you can head over to youtube.com slash master's choice and see all of the personality and maybe actually learn some stuff about corn and agriculture. We've got some smarter people than me on that YouTube channel, so... Uh, check that out. Tune in next week for telling our stories on the MC Podcast, and we'll see you then. Thanks for, thanks for being on here. Oh, yeah, my pleasure. See ya.